Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Five Easy Things, the podcast. I'm Yolanda Albergati, your host. I am coming at you live from Golden Ox Studios here in Cleveland, Ohio. So glad to have you on this journey where we discover and explore five actionable tips or hacks to help you live your best life. If you haven't already done so, please hit that subscribe button and also leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Special orders, curbside parcel pickup, delivery service, online ordering. We wrote the book on customer service. Well, we didn't write the book on it, but we've been doing that and more since 1946. Check us out. Curtain, Chuck's Fine Wines, the legendary Chagrin Valley destination for 76 years. Cheers. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. So I have to give you a heads up. I'm actually in studio. So I know in the intro it says live in studio, but that's a lie. I've been doing it virtually for, I don't know, months. But I'm in studio right now, and I am super excited to have Megan here with me. Megan, say hi. Hi. Happy, (laughs) happy, happy podcast. Oh, I love it. So why don't you tell our listeners who you are, what you do, and how they can reach out to you? I'd love to. So my name is Megan Bogus. I'm the manager of development and an engagement architect with AUI and Clarity HR, housed in our Northeast Ohio Akron uh, Central. And so one of the things that I do is I help engage people in positive, productive ways so that everybody feels capable and able to achieve more. That's simply what I do. So in my role, I am tickled pink that I get to work with small businesses and large businesses and mid-sized businesses, really helping all types of organizations unlock that power that comes with engagement. I love it. Is there a a website or an email or something that you want to share with people? Yeah, absolutely. So you can always connect with me on LinkedIn or follow me on LinkedIn. Um, I also work at Kent State. I'm a proud alumni of our local alma mater, and I am also... I'm an adjunct professor there. So you can always catch up with me at mvogis at kent.edu, or you can find me under Megan Bogus on linkedin.com. Love it. All right. So what five things are you going to share with us? Let's, let's talk about engagement. So as an engagement architect, I think one of the things that's been all the buzz recently, especially since COVID and even before, is, is that idea of how do we engage employees, right? So whether you're virtual or whether you're in an office or you're doing a blended approach, I think one of the things that a lot of organizations right now are asking is how do we increase that engagement? How do we get people to buy in and want to come to work and feel that sense of ownership and pride like we did even as much with the overwhelming sense of everything that's happening in this pandemic and in our new normal? So five things we're going to talk about today, and I'm going to run through them, and then we're going to kind of unpack each of them. We're going to talk about ownership positivity, communication, opportunity, and authentic appreciation. Love it. So uh, so let's kind of start with ownership. So when we think about ownership, you think about this idea that ownership is rooted in trust. So when a leader or a team manager or a supervisor trusts their team, phrases like, 
I might not agree with you, but I'll 100% back you in whatever your decisions are. Resonates with an employee, right? And when you look at this research and you look at this idea of ownership, um, how I implemented it um, in my days working for franchisee organizations and big box retailers and brands, national brands, I should say, what we learned is this philosophy that started in education of what's called the leader in me. And it's a Stephen Covey philosophy that talks about we're a tree and everything we do branches out and touches everything else, right? So if you treat your employees as a tree and everything that they do branches out, then you're starting to help them realize that they have ownership of where those branches go, right? And giving them that gift of talent and doing day interview surveys and really trying to figure out what makes them want to come to work and asking those bold questions in a state interview survey of what makes you want to get up in the morning and go to work? Is there something at another job you've enjoyed, but you're not doing it at this job? Let's find out what makes our employees tick and gives them pride and ownership. So the second thing. Wait, before you go to two, let me just say this. I love that approach. And the reason I do is because the act of engaging your employee is really a way of connecting and making them feel like they're part of things and that you're interested in them, which is really cool because I think a lot of employees do not feel that way. They don't feel that way from their company or from their supervisor. I love that. That's great. Thank you. And and I agree with you. And the second one I know resonates with both of us, this positivity, right? And that power of yet. You and I talk a lot about this when we talk about our networking groups and we talk about um, the BNI or the WIN in Cleveland, or we talk about being involved at the store level, right? So we look at organizations and having a positive mindset is so critical. And it's hard. I'm not going to say it's easy because I think we all have to get up and make that intentional choice. But the power of yet And I know this sounds funny, but if a client comes to you or an employee comes to you or um, a family or a customer or whoever you're working with, right, and they're like, oh, we're just not there yet. We're not there yet. Oh, my God, we're never going to under, we don't get this yet. That three-letter word can be so powerful. And just having that philosophy, right, that, you know what, we're going to get through this. This is a chance for us to learn and grow. And you know what, it's going to be okay. Um, I have a very dear friend. He actually works for Jaga County Library Systems, and we talk a lot about um, this concept that he has of this isn't 911. He's been a 911 operator, one of the most stressful jobs. And when you're making decisions at certain levels, people tend to soak them in, and they don't want to talk about the positive. They think of all the negatives that could happen. But we're not 911 operators, and God bless those who are. But when you think about the relationship of negative to positive, even in our subconscious and our conscious lives, for every negative we experience, we need five positive to outweigh that negative, five. So if you're that manager who's creating those five positive things of, yeah, we'll get there. Yes, we can do this. It may sound redundant, but those affirmation phrases really help shift everybody's mindset. And like I said, it might not be easy, but the result is well worth it because it creates energy. Yes. Yes. All right. Number three. Number three. Now, you know, this is my personal soapbox. So I'm a big believer in communication. There are rules when it's communication. One goes back to the rule of number one, right? Ownership. So this is your program, product, experience, um, work with us. So I need to know your expectations. 
rule. And then the second part of communication comes in that I, if you have a hiccup, talk to me. I know that sounds silly, but tell me. I don't profess to be a mind reader. Most people are not mind readers. And I say most because I think we all know those people with really good perception skills. But we need to think about this with our employees and how are we communicating? What are we communicating? And what language are we choosing to communicate? Before you click send on that keyboard, when you're sending an email where you may be hot under the collar or frustrated with something, I want you to think of that enter key on your keyboard as if it had a little heart emoji on it. And visually put that in your head for a second. Because if you click that, is that sending out a positive either smile emoji or heart emoji feeling to the recipient on the other end? Because if it's not, is it really worth sending or can it wait a day? Girl, talk I about mean, that. Because I think it. people need to pause before they send if they're angry, for sure. Oh, oh my gosh. Pause and process, right? Walk away. I yes. mean, there's... Um, there's a wonderful app. So we, on our Apple watches, right? There's that breathe app. And I, I have to chuckle because it's one of those things. My boyfriend and I were talking about it recently too, is that power to just take a minute and breathe, Mm -hmm. literally breathe. Mm -hmm. Don't say anything, just let it soak in. Um, and one of the best practices I can tell you before you send that, Uh, written or verbal or written communication, especially in electronic more than ever, is you need to take a minute and let somebody else that you feel safe, read the email. Don't read it to them. And this is one of the things that I think we forget. Our vocalic, Mm -hmm. so those intonations that we have can be so powerful. I know you and I are very dynamic people. (laughs) We're enthusiastic. (laughs) We talk with our hands and we love it. But when you're talking about communication, that's something that as a manager or as a leader within an organization, we really need to button up. And we really need to make sure that we as professionals are carrying off ourselves so that our messages are true, they're genuine, but they're centralized in the idea of being honest and kind, right? Mm -hmm. There's a beautiful quote that I've tried to live by since I studied communication um, at Kent, and it's the true art of of, of communication is the ability to be both totally honest and totally kind at the exact same time. That's the art of communication. So when you can find that niche to be kind and honest, that's a, it takes practice and it, and nobody's perfect at it, but the more you practice, the better it is. Love it. All right. Number four. Number four is opportunity. Now this is something that's kind of cool. So when you think about opportunity, I know we all think about goals and our next career move and our next opportunity. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Just pause, right? I want you to take this opportunity word and think about it as this concept of what's our opportunity to learn, to help someone else, to create energy, to create a positive space, a safe space. What is your opportunity? What can you create? Because we all have this innate ability to create things, right? So what's our opportunity to create something? And there's um, so Dartmouth published this research from um, a whole collection of information about being kind and creating good energy and stuff. And one of the studies they reference is the study from UC Berkeley. Um, I think it's uh, Christine Carter, I think, did the research. And, and what we learn from this is that in their research, over about half or so of the participants said that when there's a good 
energy, right? And we're doing good things for others and creating opportunities for others. All of a sudden, we start to have more energy and we feel stronger and we feel calmer and less depressed. And we have better feelings of self-worth when we're helping somebody else. So I think in this world where we all have so quickly became very self-centric, not self-absorbed, just self-centric. We also had a a hard hit when the pandemic impacted us. It was hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, many of us had to take a step back and look at those frontline heroes and look at who we wanted in our circle. And when we had to start socially distancing, who did we want in that six degrees, right? Who are we going to stay in touch with? And I think that goes back to that opportunity. So it's not about the opportunities you're creating for yourself. It's the opportunities you're creating for your employees. Is this opportunity with leadership a chance for an employee to read a book instead of getting a performance improvement plan? Is this opportunity of dealing with a tough customer a chance for me to learn more about the customer? Or is it a chance to pull in one of my other employees that does really well with conflict resolution? That's really powerful. I love that. And now, what's number five? Okay, now I'm going to let you take the soapbox on this one for a second. I told you that I wanted you to sew authentic appreciation and you were giving someone a gift gift basket. What would you do? Ask the question again. If you were giving someone a gift basket, Mm -hmm. okay, Mm -hmm. and I said, hey, I want to be authentic. I really want to show them I appreciate them. What would you do or what would you ask me? So what I would ask you is, okay, so do they drink wine or do they drink beer? Are they vegan? Are they gluten-free? Do they like chocolate? Are, do they, are they sugar? No sugar? Tell me what, what's up with that. Okay. That's perfect. And those are the kind of questions I think people need to think about when they're thinking about their employees. And what I say is when you are giving authentic appreciation, it's not a, oh, thanks for coming today. Thanks for working. It's, hey, thank you for being part of this project. I appreciated how you contributed details, gave constructive feedback, weighed in on that, thought from a different perspective. It's seeing the individual gifts that people contribute, right? So when we look at the stages of development for teams and we look at the stages of growth for people, they line up with these different aha moments, right? So when you're recognizing things, take a step back and realize what's going to make you feel appreciated as a person and then try to emulate that for your employees, right? What we know is that it's interesting what happens when we express our gratitude, right? So I'm going to go chemistry for a second on you. Please bear with me. I I loved my chemistry class in high school. (laughs) Okay. So here are the two chemicals in our brain that are released when we have that authentic appreciation of others, dopamine and serotonin. Yes. These are those neurotransmitters that explode. And we both have a mutual friend, Jill Wendelsbeck, who talks all about neurology and the chemicals and everything that happens in our brains. And we love about Jill. But I think Jill would agree also, as many other people do, like Simon Sinek and your your researchers at um, John Hopkins and stuff. When you, you think about releasing those chemicals in your brain, I think it's one of the most powerful tools we have because it's <laughs> what's kind of neat. As they start to release, our feelings of doing that act of kindness and showing appreciation continue to increase. And guess what? We want more of those feelings. We want more of those chemicals. 
So it's a ripple effect. Um, there's a great person on LinkedIn called Brenda Miller, and Brenda's fabulous, and she has this whole philosophy of social media karma. So when I talk about appreciation, Brenda is a model of social media of always giving gratitude and always saying positive things. And it's that karma piece, right? That karma and gratitude. And if you're linking that back to your employees of being authentic and showing appreciation and knowing what their dog's name is, you might not like dogs. And that's okay, y'all. It is okay not to like a dog. But if you know your employee's dog's name, and you'll know a little bit more about them and kind of come to a different level of a relationship. The real, 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 right? Yes. Exactly. So kind of recapping, it goes back to what we've talked about every, all the time, right? But the powerful things you can do, even in a virtual climate, are still creating ownership. You can focus on the positive and that power of yet. You can open that rule of communication, right? And you and I talk about this, of being honest and kind together and being in a safe space, um, creating opportunities, not just for yourself, but thinking of things and opportunities for others. Also having that authentic appreciation for what others bring to your table. Those are the five things that I would absolutely recommend we focus on now moving forward to help our employees stay engaged and stay present. Thank you. That was so awesome. I love talking to you, girl. Tell our listeners again how they can reach out to you if they want to chat with you again. I love to. You can always connect or follow me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm always up for new connections. So you can find me at Megan Voges, and that is V as in Victor, O-G-I-A-S. Or you can check back to Yolanda's podcast um, website. She'll have my name spelled there. We'll make sure she has a link to my LinkedIn profile. You can also catch me at mvoges at kent.edu if you're not on LinkedIn. Um, or you can just call. You can catch me at AUI Clarity HR down in Akron. Love it. Thank you so much, Megan. Thank you. You ask wonderful questions, and I'm always delighted to talk to you. Take care. You too. Thanks. Stay blessed, everybody. I just want to say thank you so much to everybody who's been listening to the podcast and showing us mad love and giving us ratings and subscribing and reviewing. I really appreciate your support. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and leave us a review and let us know how we're doing.